0: Hey guys, this is Don Airy from Deep Purple and you are listening to the Deep Purple Podcast. It's been a pleasure.
1: You're listening to the Deep Purple Podcast. A fan podcast about one of the most legendary bands of all time, Deep Purple. We take a look at the music, history and people behind the band Deep Purple and beyond. Welcome to the Deep Purple Podcast, the first and only podcast devoted to one of the greatest bands in rock history, Deep Purple. Today's episode is episode number 241, Deep Purple Bananas, part two. And coming to you from the suburbs of Chicago, where we oat, 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 opals and bononos. I'm your host, Nathan Beaudry.
2: And coming to you from the suburbs of Providence, I'm your co-host, John potassium Matola. Oh,
1: some banana facts for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know where you're going with that. Yep. All right. Well, here we are, guys. Part two of our bananas episode. Um, we got a few, you know, our normal stuff to start off the show with, but... Um, uh, you know, we'll go through all that, and then we'll 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 jump right into the songs uh, where we left off last week. If you're playing at home or paying attention, um, so if you want to support our show, you can do so in a number of ways. One is by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. The 100th review will get a special Deep Purple goodie bag. So please make sure to um, uh, write those reviews, because who knows when the when the 100th review will come. And we were, were so excited to get that 100th five-star review a uh, special goodie bag. Just make sure to leave some information, if you can, about who you are so we can get in touch with you. Um, you can also support our show by buying some merch on our Etsy store, which someone just did. Ooh! And um, someone... Some, they get? Someone bought two... Two mugs, and I printed out the little little sheet here. It says, um, he wrote, Looking forward to having some hot toddies in this mug this winter while kicking back in the podcast and collection of Deep Purple albums. I I can't imagine Nate or John doing the Patrick Swayze ghost thing, making these handmade mugs. (laughs) (laughs) I think somebody's got to Photoshop that. Great show. Keep them coming. Bought two mugs. And I, um, funny enough... uh, sent them out this morning. Uh, it, it just came in this morning. And, uh, yeah, it was ordered this morning. I sent it out right away. And it was from, uh, uh, well, I don't want to give too much away, but it was from a city in Indiana that I just drove through yesterday. I could have I delivered them in person. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, now that would have been a treat. Yeah, as we were on our way back from Michigan, we drove directly through the city, and we have stayed in the city last... Um, summer or maybe the summer before we stayed there for a few days and did some, uh, some, uh, just kind of some summer fun. So a nice place. So thank you very much. Uh, name is out, out, odd or out. Thank you very much for your order. Really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for listening to the show. Um, another way you can support our show is by donating on Patreon or on PayPal for as little as $1 a month. Help support the show. Um, Keep us in uh, in good things. Put money towards the new computer fund. Help us buy albums to review. All that happy horse crap. Please do that to support the show. You can also donate on Cash App, dollar sign DPPOD, or support us on Ko-fi. So before we uh, move along, a few things, and one is of course to thank our executive level patrons coming in at the in memoriam tier, the wonderful late Gerald Jerry Kelly and his family at the twenty-five dollar uncommon man tier. We have none other. Then Ovis Nakfi and Purple Maniac. Then, at the 15 Squid tier, we have the uh, uncopyable Alan. At the 10-pound Good Doctor tier, we have Dr. Mike Catan. Give me some at the Turn It Up To $11 tier, Clay Wambacher, Frank Teelgard-Mortensen, Mickelstein, and Will Porter D.P. D H T P P. Sorry. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm getting his, uh, his credentials wrong. Um, he didn't spend uh, seven years in fake Deep Purple Medical School to be called <laughs> PH whatever. At uh, the $10 <laughs> someone came tier Ryan M., Jeff Bryce, Victor Campos, Better Call Saul Evans, and Peter from Illinois. And at one of the spookiest tiers of all, at the Huzoine by 2033 tier, we have Fielding Fowler. So yeah, I didn't edit it yet. <laughs> it's been a busy week. <laughs>
2: I was hoping for
1: it, but yeah. Well, I'll wait. Someday I'll get to a shorter version. <laughs> See the shows will be a lot shorter <laughs> because of that one. Because jingle. of that one, uh, that one lengthy jingle. I think I'm usually pretty good at keeping the jingles uh, concise, but not so much with that one. Um, all right, and uh, you know, before we uh, carry on to the next thing, um, I do have. Uh, One of our most popular segments, at least for us, and that is of course Postcards from the edge of Connecticut, ooh, and this one actually I'm using this one as a bookmark, so I'll have to uh, get something else to put in this book (laughs) I've only had it. I just just got it in and on this one you see a big moose (laughs) Ha 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 Big nice moose. Um, this one actually is uh, this one is from uh, not from Connecticut at all, but this is from says, Hey, Nate, here's a bull moose for you. Greetings from sunny New Hampshire, John Bull Moose (laughs) Matola. Look at that, unbelievable. (laughs) You know, I was I was confused because I got the postcard and I looked on the back and I said, Oh, uh, Pete must have ran out of those Avery labels he printed up, but I was like, "Oh no, it's somebody else." <laughs> nope, it was for me this time. All right, so what were you doing up in New Hampshire? Put this one in the um, bin.
2: Huh? Yeah, that was um, was my little uh, little trip up there uh, last month. Was it last month? Yeah. Shit. So yeah, went into um, yeah went to get away for a couple of days and um, grabbed. Uh, you know, saw some uh, saw some postcards in the general store and was like, here's a postcard for you. I really <laughs> wanted a black bear, but they were out. A black bear? Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, a bull moose was still good. I was like, yeah, this is, you know, this is uh, indicative of New Hampshire. I don't know if
1: I should tell the Gardeau, but you used a regular stamp.
2: I know. And it's upside down.
1: Oh, my goodness. I know. Oh, boy. He, he's going to lose it over this. Really off my game that day <laughs> when I mailed it. Think of the money you just threw in the garbage by using a regular stamp. Yeah,
2: I've had that that stamp, like, uh, literally forever. Like <laughs> yeah, I, that, I, was, that was my last one. I, I don't think I bought stamps in, like, ten years. I don't mail anything, I, so I actually
1: had to go out and get more stamps after that. I bought a book of stamps when I first moved here at work, and I had them on mm-hmm. my desk at work, and I Never need to mail anything very, very rarely. Yeah. So, yeah. I still have like probably four or five from that book that were forever stamped. So, whatever the stamps cost in 2013 when I moved here, 10 years later, I'm still using them. I'm, I'm I, I, a sound return on my investment there.
2: I think so. So, so yeah. So, but yes, I went into it knowing full well that I was using a full price stamp crucify
1: me. You, you knew you were doing the wrong thing. You, you knew yeah. it was just, it wasn't exactly above board, but
2: actually I didn't realize that I was like, I don't realize I put it on upside down. That was,
1: well, it's very a, dark. So it's, it's kind of hard to tell you see like the flag. Well, you should have box. Well, you probably should have noticed the flag was upside down. <laughs> the stars are usually on the top left, not the bottom left. <laughs> I don't
2: know. I was like, I got to get this thing in the mail if I want to make it to the next show. So,
1: yeah, I was just in Michigan, and I got some um, I got some postcards, and I'm like, yeah, now, I, it's always so hectic being out with the kids and everything that I, don't, I, I very rarely mail it when I'm out, so I gotta have to figure out how to get those things to you all. But All right, so in the most, uh, uh, sl- I don't know what's the right word for it, slapped together sort of thing, um, right before we were going to record last week... Um, Uh, Roger Glover and I think we talked about this on the show Roger Glover has a recipe for banana bread that's out there that you can find and I'll put it in the show notes and he did an interview with I think it's like a Dutch interviewer and I'll put a link to that as well it's actually a really interesting interview because the guy goes to Roger's house and he's making banana bread and I always thought it was associated with because like why would Roger Glover put a banana bread out recipe out there. So I always assumed it was related to the bananas album, but it was like from 2017. So <laughs> a late mm. tie in perhaps to kind of mm-hmm. sell some of the copies they were sitting on. I don't know, but um, yeah, it's actually a cool interview. Uh, so I got the recipe. I made it. I split it in half and I sent, uh, I sent a loaf or a partial loaf for at least, I can't remember what it was to you. Yeah and I overnight... Well, I was going to overnight it, but it was going to be like $56. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. Because I wanted to make sure you had it because we were supposed to record this episode last week, and we didn't. Uh, so I, I, I wanted you to make sure you had it for the episode. So I just did priority mail, and you wouldn't have had it for the episode, but we had to cancel anyway. So uh, we end up recording now. You threw it in the freezer. Oh, oh man, yeah. I'm Ayo. dropping utensils oh here. Um, So it's it's been in your freezer, so it should be hopefully... um. Hopefully it preserved a little bit. Although I made it about a week ago, I made it last Sunday, and I couldn't mail it on Monday because it was a holiday, so I had to mail it on Tuesday. So I'm gonna ask you now to get your get your. I'm slicing off a slice of mine. All right. Yeah. Um. I got it. Hopefully it's not stale and dry. And I, um, he does say that sometimes he says sometimes he'll put a, a slab a little slither of butter on there. So I had a butter down here, and then my dog came by and just scarfed up the butter. So I went and got more <laughs> butter. So I'm putting some butter on it because I think that would be pretty, pretty good. So. So this is the recipe, as you wrote it. My plan. I mean, my playing. You're raw dogging your, your, banana, your banana bread. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh. yeah, <I'm> raw. <laughs> A raw dog in that banana
1: bread, yo. (laughs) Very brave. Um, it's good. It's um. He uses whole, uh, hundred percent whole wheat flour. So that's one thing that's a little different than what I normally do. I like to put chocolate chips in mine too. But yeah, it's sweet though. It's good. It's sweet. it's like Roger just baked for us today. I know. So this is what Roger. He says he bakes it a lot at home. The kids love it. At least they did six years ago. So hmm, that's pretty good. So a nice little snack as we get into this um, this episode. And what also just came in the mail, besides your postcard, was the latest Deep Purple book, Infinite and Beyond by Adrian Jarvis. Deep Purple nineteen ninety three through twenty twenty two, and chapter six is called Going Bananas. So, um, I'm gonna go through while we're while we're um, while we're going through this 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 album. I'm gonna kind of browse through that a little bit because I didn't include it in my research because it hadn't arrived yet. So, so it should be very interesting. So here we are. We had a kind of a, a good experience with the first half of the album, right?
2: Feeling good about yeah, it. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah, it was really good. Um, I mean, I was going in with an open mind anyway. Because I'd never really heard it, <clears throat> you know, except, of course, I've heard all the, the, um, basically, the general consensus is like, oh, the album gets a, an unfair rap. It's the weird Deep Purple album. It's the one with the cover nobody likes. Mm-hmm. It's, but, I mean, what's contained within, right? Right. So, and so far, like I said, pleasantly surprised. Yep,
1: very enjoyable. So, like said banana bread like said banana bread so yeah so I, I guess we're um, should be good with some like drizzle some maple syrup on it mm, I yeah. think or a little honey or perhaps sweetener of choice perhaps a little piece of um, Taza chocolate Ayo. break off a little piece of uh, stone ground chocolate and as if the butter isn't enough if I die of a heart attack during this episode I, my apologies
2: Hopefully, John can carry uh, the rest
1: of the episode. Hopefully, we get through all the songs.
2: (laughs) No, I'm I'm with you though. I like if I ever make any kind of banana bread or have any like it's like chocolate chips or. Mm -hmm. um,
1: I mean, I like it with with stuff in it, like uh, walnuts. He did mention yeah. He he did mention that as an alternative is putting some walnuts in there. I'm generally not a huge walnut banana bread guy.
2: No, I mean, I mean, I would like it, but I mean, if I had to choose, I would say. Chocolate chips, although I do like walnut chocolate chip as well, but usually Mm. for cookies.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. So there you have it, folks. Um, Roger Glover's banana bread. If you want to make his banana bread, check out um, the link in the show notes. We'll have it was um, actually I think I'll I think I um, translated it because it was in like um, it said like DL. So I don't know if there's like deciliters. So I like trans. I tr- I translated it to cups and stuff for us. <laughs> American, although usually even um, correct me if I'm wrong, but even in like uh, at least in English speaking metric company companies, metric countries, they usually use like cups and tablespoons and stuff like that. Although they'll, the 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 temperature in the oven, they'll you know like if you translate it, it equals like three hundred and fifty two degrees or something. So it's obviously you know pretty close, but.
2: I think most, um, I mean, not that, um, you know, Roger's recipe is probably, um, I'm guessing is like uh, his own, but based on something else that he'd seen before, but you'll see like most well-written recipes are like professional recipes too, or in like grams.
1: Yeah, yeah. Any, or anything you have to scale up, because if you scale cups, it's not going to work, but if you do it by weight, it's going to work a lot better. Not that I'm telling you anything you don't know, um, so yeah, it's good. It's really good. I, I I was a little leery of the whole wheat flour, but I think it came up pretty good. So no, I like whole wheat flour. Um,
2: I was a, in a, a whole wheat pasta kick for a while. Mm. I know some people are like eh, whole wheat pasta like, it doesn't taste that different.
1: No, it's got so. it, it, it. does work really good with like I I feel like if you pair it with like um, green vegetables like broccoli and put some ricotta in it and stuff, it can be really really tasty.
2: Oh yeah, I just as if some backlash like Ugh, holy pus! It's like I just eat it, you wimp.
1: <laughs> Sack Fine. up and eat it. <laughs> All right, so here we go, folks. We're going into uh the second half of this album, and the first track up today, as we enjoy our lovely banana bread, is "Picture of Innocence." This one's club. Uh, Credited to Gillen, Glover, Morse, Lord, and Pace. So it was written before Lord left. Really nice uh, pacey I... shuffle there.
2: Hmm. Morse really throwing a lot of like bluesy type of uh. Runs in here. I know. Remembered from last episode.
1: It's their blues album. I wonder if they got this cleared with the blues authority.
0: They
2: put it out and they're just like, let's call it Honking on bulbo. And like
1: Oh, Aerosmith took that. Oh man, we're gonna have to call it something else. It's the only case where Bananas is a much better title. <laughs>
2: I mean, I'd say it's a lesser of two evils.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Ah, that's very Morris
2: ish My manly hood? Is that what he said? I mean, I don't know.
1: That's what I thought I heard. Yep, there goes my manly hood.
0: We got no hope. I gonna
1: kind of little uh chorus, they are pre-chorus or bridge or whatever it was that left you wanting more. Hmm. So this is what holds, hopes and you know
2: one thing where you said like We had a little Pacey shuffle at the beginning. I don't know if I mentioned in the last episode. Like, I haven't been really thinking about Ian Pace a lot on this album. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like he isn't... It's not like... Remember we were talking about... um, um, Perfect Strangers. It's like, oh, he's kind of... Sounds like he's playing it safe on the album. Yeah. Here, I don't feel like that here. I just feel like... He's just kind of in the background, doesn't it? Like, until just now, I didn't think, like, oh, he's doing anything, like, outstanding or extraordinary. Like, he usually has something
1: in there. I think that's part of his genius, though, is that you'd notice it if he wasn't there. Oh, yeah. But he puts in these great... That great swing that he has in his playing.
2: Yeah, I just, I feel like this is one of the albums where he's, like, Maybe laying back a little bit, or maybe I'm just focused on some other stuff, and I'm not really listening a lot for him. Same thing with Roger. Speaking of Rogers, is like I haven't really heard a ton of Roger on this album. His songwriting, yeah. yes, but his bass—yeah,
1: the bass well, is now a little, of course, we hear understated on this. Of course, like as soon as I say that, I can hear him now. Comes in with a tasty little run. That's awesome It, It feels very Lord So I'm wondering if there was a A demo That he was basing his solo off of that he heard, you know? Could be.
0: Yeah,
1: I think this is where they had to do a little bit of extended version of this. No dicking around is a good thing to say. No it's like little things I can pepper into the conversation as my kids get a little older, you know, So hey, stop dicking around, get in the car. <laughs> 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 nice.
0: Do you ending. say that
2: now? Or?
1: Oh, yeah. Did you say you sprinkle it in now? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to go crazy with it. Like you just gotta up the ante to let your frustration level be known. Sometimes yes. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not like you know. My my buddy will be like, "Hey, shut the f up!" And I'm like, "Okay, it's a little much." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's ratcheting it up a little bit too much, I think. <laughs> yeah, I'm usually just calling them ding dongs or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, if, if, if mm. you um, next uh, if you have a slice again later or whatever, I, d- I definitely would recommend putting a little butter on it. It's good. And one place, uh, you know, where I grew up, you remember coffee and cream? Yeah. And they kind of they tore the whole thing down and they moved the beef barn like. All, it's all moved to the, it's, it's in like a, I don't even know what it is. Have you been to the new beef barn? I can't remember when I went to the old beef barn. <laughs> it was one of those things really when Jen, ca- Jen came to visit and just be like, is that place called the beef barn? <laughs> it's, it sounds like, um you know, something they put in a TV show as a joke place. Oh, I work at the yeah. beef barn, you know, it's like, ha yeah. ha ha. No, it's a real place. <laughs> uh, But they moved to this beautiful new place. It's like on this gigantic Piece of land, and there's like all this beautiful landscaping, and there's a separate like ice cream shop, and is really really nice. But anyway, Coffee and Cream was right next door, and they would do these grilled muffins where they would take a muffin and like cut it in half, like the like the long way, like through the crown and the body, so you had like a little mushroom shape on both sides. Slather yep. it with butter and throw it on the griddle and get it nice and golden brown. Oh, oh yeah, man, I've had that. Just in case a muffin didn't have enough calories and fat for you. So, wait a minute. So, is it still the Beef Barn? Yeah, they still call it the Beef Barn.
2: So, what... what And they you said they have an uh, ice cream place? Yeah, yeah.
1: What do they call that? Like I don't know. Ice cream shack? I don't know. The ice, <laughs> the ice cream barn? <laughs> the ice, I don't know. I don't know if it has a different name, but it's like... You know, it's like in a... It's like across the parking lot, basically. It's one of those, like, windows you can walk up to.
2: Oh, yeah. It's really good. You remember... Uh, ron's spaghetti house
1: yes <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh, yeah my parents i went there with my parents a couple of times yeah ron's, it's what is it now i know it's someplace that my parents go to a lot now oh it's an italian restaurant now yeah they said it's good so <laughs> new place is
2: good yeah well it was it was um it opened up like several years ago was the original location of uh the blackies that's out here oh yeah 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 and then they moved to the location that I sent you and Jen to for your anniversary. Oh, okay. So that's that's what we call new Blackies. New Blackies. And um, <laughs> and um, even though by now it's like a couple of years old, Blackies. But uh, yeah. Then a uh, Italian restaurant called Fresco
1: moved in there. Did you which, ever? Um, did you ever go to Ron Spaghetti House? <sighs> I don't know. So I remember going I there mean, as a kid, and it was like, I want to say it was like. I, I ordered the spaghetti and meatballs, and it was literally, like, one meatball. <laughs> and not even one of those, like, giant-sized ones that you get sometimes. but it's like, a regular-sized meatball. And I was like, okay, can you even call really? this meat, spaghetti and meatball, I think is what it was.
2: I mean, I figured if they have that big, like, you know, known as meatball, that's the size of a friggin'
1: softball. Yeah, like some, yeah, sometimes some places do that. And it's like, it's basically just a giant loaf of meatloaf on your spaghetti. Right. But that um, would
2: be understandable. But like one small meatball that's like, (laughs) I don't know, like.
1: Maybe I'm exaggerating it in my mind. I'd have to ask my parents, but I remember just being like, what are they doing here? But maybe he's just taking it to heart. Like, this is the spaghetti house. This is the meatball house, pal. Like, I'm going heavy on the spaghetti. (laughs) It was like that scene from uh, Magical Mystery Tour where John Lennon has got a shovel, and he's just shoveling spaghetti onto the woman's plate. Like, that's that's what I felt like. It just had, like, so much spaghetti. It was like a full pound of spaghetti, like a box of spaghetti and, like, one meatball floating around in there. But anyway, not to get off track, but uh, what would you rate... Picture of innocence
2: I keep wanting to say pictures of home I know <laughs> me too um, overall it was a um, I think it was an average song but um, I like the chorus so I'll yeah. give it
1: a 3 yeah I'll do the same. I like the, yeah, the, you know, the, if it was the chorus. I don't know if it was like the, maybe the I'm so misunderstood part was like the pre chorus. Yeah. So it was like the, the no, no, no drinks, no smokes, no, you know, yeah. all that, the no dicking around. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just like when Gillen does stuff like that. Hey, no dicking around.
2: Yeah. he just, he'll surprise you sometimes.
1: <laughs> Good stuff. All right. So next up we have the song if I can find it here um, I Got Your Number not the Hughes Thrall version but the Deep Purple version
2: Ooh.
0: So many signs
1: love that intro it's like it almost sounds like it's off time, but I think it's a pretty straight yeah, beat. Yeah, a little bit. They're just accenting like the kind of off notes. <laughs> I'm just a man.
0: Take it, girl. Leave it. Don't be reading out the label i'm the can. I got
1: your number. I got your number. I got your number. You can you hear that little buzzing synth in the background? It sounds like a little bumblebee. It's like Yeah, I hear that. that. Effect. This one was written by Gillen Glover, Lord Pace, Morse, and Bradford. Who's Bradford?
2: Oh, the Michael Bradford.
0: <laughs> you say jump. <laughs> I
1: love the little riff that they throw in at the end of this segment. This part right here is just great. Taking a trip to where to stand here.
2: I'm slowing it down.
1: It's a longish song, six minutes. So you get this little interlude. tambourine and the, it's like hitting a tom on a tambourine. Maybe that's Gillen. Ooh, a little Vibra Slap. I can play <laughs> along here. Is that the um, first instance of Vibraslop in a Deep Purple song? I can't remember any others. Me neither. Oh. Another one where I could kind of envision Lord playing that. So that was a pretty big chunk of the middle of the song. At least two, two and a half minutes of, of really cool breakdown, great solos. wonder what he's using for a synth on this one I got number So we had the last—it was almost every song on the first side, I think, ended in a fade out. Yeah. And, but now we have two composed endings. And a little chimes. <laughs> Like you're you're on, on Zoom anyway, on the YouTube you, you cut out there because it was like, oh, that's not a voice. That's a silly noise. We'll cut it out. All right. So what do you think of that one, man? Do you have my number? I don't. Not yet. Well. I'll see it when you put it in the spreadsheet. That number will be
2: 3.5. All right. I got it now. I thought it was a, uh, yeah, I thought it was a very... Very catchy, very catchy tune.
1: I like that. Yeah, I will give this one a four. I really liked it. I thought musically yeah. it was great. I love the arrangement. Uh, yeah, a good jam in the middle. The yeah. cool, like, I feel like if they had t- turned up Aries that little buzzy sort of Cynthia was using, it would have been too much. But, like, being really layered in nice and quiet in the background, it worked really well. Uh, I'd say the only thing about the song that I was just... I thought was... I, I didn't think lyrically or vocally it was all that great. Like, I think the the lyrics were just very ge- generic. And, I, I mean, th- we got some good kind of Gillin stuff in there, but, like, just kind of, you know, so many signs, so many ways. I, I don't know. It just... I don't really get what the song it doesn't seem like the song is really about much lyrically yeah. um, but very very cool uh, musically I dig that one alright which brings us to our next track We're just flying through these tracks oof flying flying through them the next one is Never a Word nice little gentle church organ to start it up. the um, Morse influence on this one. Kind of understated, sort of almost sounds like a Aries playing like a harpsichord or something in the background. Yeah, a little bit. Reminds me of something that I can't put my finger on.
2: Well, I don't know. It, I don't know, it makes me think of like a Roger song.
1: So yeah. With the writers who Everybody. Gillen Glover uh-huh. pace Mord, Airy. M- Mord, <laughs> Morris Airy. Mord wasn't that a uh, a sitcom with Bea Arthur Pretty little
0: ditty.
1: It's gonna drive me crazy. What it reminds me of?
0: You
2: know, some of the some of the music made made it sound like kind of a Blackmore's Night.
1: Oh, is that why you were grimacing <laughs> for, for a minute? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, a little bit, but it wasn't as um. I don't know what the word is like, jangly and tinny, as a Blackmore's hmm. night. Like, I don't know. No penny whistle. <laughs> You're just making a face. A penny whistle? Yeah, penny whistle. You know. The hell is that? What do you mean? What's a penny whistle? You know, it's like I a know, little. I know pennywise is. Well, it's not Pennywise. It's a Penny Whistle. It's like a little, it's like a recorder kind of, but I think it's like usually metal and like the, it's got like a plastic sort of mouthpiece and it's it's metal and you're... Oh, okay. So, you know, Candace usually whips out and she cranks out some <laughs> some shred solos on during... Penny some Whistle solo, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not as good as the crumb horn, but I do like the crumb horn because it's got more of that like... It's got that, that renaissance grit to it. <laughs> it's got that like kind of garbled sort of sound.
2: Oh shit.
1: <laughs> Paul's dad used to bust out the crumb horn every so often. I think you said that. Yeah. Before. It's like, you know, it's like kind of curved and it's, it's all, they're all kind of in the same family of instruments. But anyway, um, hmm. I, uh, what do you think about never a word?
0: Uh,
1: 2.5 okay i didn't dig it i didn't really dig it that much
2: um i mean i thought it was it was like this it was a you know kind of a nice little song but um you know um kind of like very very soft and gentle sounding but i don't know i didn't really didn't really do anything for me no yeah
1: yeah, I'll, I'll give it a three. I thought it was a... Yeah, nice I don't want it. I thought... <laughs> I don't want it. I thought it was nice. I thought it was nice, <laughs> pretty. It was, you know, it wasn't... Uh, it definitely didn't overwear, overstay its welcome. And I like that it was... Uh, it was cool that they were, I don't know, two minutes into a three and a half minute song before they even brought in the vocals. You know, it was kind of interesting sort of little wind up there into the next track. But um, I forgot to mention... I do have some notes about the last song. I got your number and sort of picture of innocence. So, um, this is from Highway Star. um, It's an interview with Glover, and they say the interviewer says, although John Lord doesn't play on bananas, Although a guest spot was rumored, he did contribute to the writing of two tracks, I've Got Your Number and Picture of Innocence, those first two songs we listened to on, on this half of the album. We asked Roger Glover how these came into being, and he said um, both I Got Your Number and Picture of Innocence were songs that we wrote a few years ago, hence John's inclusion as a writer, but not as a performer, although he is on one of the demos. Uh, Pictures of Innocence started as a jam between Ian Pace, Steve Morse, and Greg Rake Studios some three or four years ago. It was recorded on Dat Tape, which I took home with me, put in Pro Tools, and then they put in parentheses a computer program that, amongst other things, makes editing easy. They probably would not need to do that now, but in 2003, maybe that was a little less known. Uh, in my home studio, took bits and pieces and spliced them together to form an arrangement pretty much as it is now, as it now exists, adding some bass guitar. In November 2001, we had a writing session in Steve's own studio in O- Ocala, where I played the finished results to the rest of the band. We worked on it and eventually made a demo, but with no finished lyrics. In L.A., Ian Gillen and I worked on the lyrics and finished it. I got your number. Started at the same writing session in Orlando, but the time we made a demo in Stu's studio, it had undergone several changes. It was far, far more complicated to begin with. The riff was in various time signatures, and the drums just thundered through it straight four-four. Um, maybe that was what we're kind of hearing. Mm. Um, it, uh, it, it. So we started performing it under the title Up the Wall. However, it always felt unfinished, and it was only when we got to L.A. and played it from Michael that he suggested it needed a chorus, so we wrote one. As often the case, Ian Gillen sang Garbled Words over the band, and we rounded it. I thought I heard him sing the words I Got Your Number, although he probably didn't. He kind of sings words that aren't words but sound like they are. Anyway, I sang them back to him, and it clicked. There's the song. So, John wrote them with us, but Don played it on the record. So, there you go.
0: Okay.
1: And now, the moment you've all been waiting for, and I've got my bananas in the background here. My giant, inflatable, six-foot-long bananas. Um, Ready for this one. And this one is the titular Bananas. Bananas. Right.
0: Well, I got nothing to say today. I use my old-
1: So it's in seven eight. Which is kind of interesting. Doesn't really. Sort of doesn't sound like it is.
0: Off
1: the shelf. <laughs> That's not where I expected it to go. He's like making uh hors d'oeuvres or something.
0: <laughs> oh
1: boy. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> sounds like kind of like fireball almost is it fireball i'm thinking of but that beginning of that chorus sounded like fireball the chorus of fireball no you have to listen next time it comes up Here it comes.
0: Do oh, so you hear it? Now we're going to the palace, up with Maybe it's just me. I
1: no. Math- I didn't pick it up anyway. Without- Ooh, I studied mathematics. very proggy back and forth solos there Uh hmm. I thought that was um thought there was somebody talking in the studio but it was actually my kids upstairs so (laughs) I was like what are they saying oh they're probably complaining about not getting enough screen time Um, (laughs) yeah yeah, that was uh, I really like the frantic ending of that and it's you know they just kind of go through all the lyrics basically twice and then Mm -hmm. go into a full full on assault of solos um, and then say bananas right at the very end so they can call the song bananas
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's why they
1: did it (laughs) <laughs> Got it. We gotta we throw need, the title in. This we so gotta go. call the album "Bananas," right? No, <laughs> bananas! All right. <laughs> All right. What do you think of bananas?
2: But these are getting a little bit tougher to rate because they're like they're good, but not like outstanding. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Hmm. Here we go. Um, I'll give it a three. All right. I liked it. It was like, I mean, I'm trying to think of like, what would a song like "Banana" sound like? And um, when Deep Purple does it, it sounds like this. Yes. (laughs) So pretty, pretty good. I don't know. I figured
1: it would be like, oh, it'll probably sound like Goofy. But no, it was good. Well, he talks about pulling the crackers off the shelf, which is kind of a. Don't help me. I'll help myself. I'll pull some crackers off the shelf. I thought he was making canapes or something. Um, um, euphemisms. <laughs> I don't think there's plenty of euphemisms that could go along with a song named Bananas, but that's not one of them. What would the crackers be a euphemism for? You know, down there. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> it not very great. <laughs> I don't even know down there for who you're talking about, but it, uh, crackers doesn't sound like a good thing. Or like a sleeve know, of crackers? Know. <laughs> yeah. That still doesn't sound very good. <laughs> it's not the look you're going for or the, or the sensation I d- <laughs> hoped. <laughs>
2: I pulled out a sleeve of crackers and they all are crumbly and dry. <laughs> mm, <laughs> Some of the, yes. the ones at the
1: top are broken.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Who knows how Gillen thinks when he writes
1: lyrics? Yeah, this is true. Um, all right. I'll give this one a 3.5. I like it a lot musically. Uh, it's my second favorite Ian Gillen. ...song where he uses the word mathematics in it. Hmm. I didn't know he did more than one, or I can't recall... You can't recall the, the other one? We covered it in a very early episode. And my name's Thanks. Professor Pig. I'm gonna wow. be something big in mathematics. That's a good one. Hogwash. we about that. Check out episode number... ...where we talk about Cherkazoo and other stories... ...and you can f- learn more. Um, okay, So, the next, uh, no euphemisms in the next track. Oh, wait, let me see if there's anything I have anything extra. I don't have anything extra about the song. But yeah, there's no euphemisms in this next song. Uh, It just comes out and says it. And this song is called Doing It Tonight. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yep, yep.
0: You know, I'm bragging round the edges. All these people in the room. There's magic in the air. I'm guessing she can't be too
1: respected. So, this is like her in my sight. I am- Ian Gilling stalking his prey. Written by all five gentlemen. Great solo.
0: I can't tell Can't stop when to She wasn't in the running, she was never in the game. I see her in the distance, but I could not can't how
1: much of that percussive sound is coming from Roger's bass? We'll Almost sounds like he's slapping.
2: I don't know. Kind of has this reggae feel to it that I don't know if I like.
1: I was wondering if you are going to mention that.
2: Well, I mean, I could see if you just like. Oh, see.
1: It's reggae inspired. Well, Roger threw a little reggae flair in, like Behind the Smiles, kind of like basically a reggae song. I think this is the first fade-out of the second half. That's it. Quick in and out on that song. That is doing Mm. it tonight, John. Despite the reggae influence, what do you think of that song?
2: Because of the reggae influence. (laughs) Um, No, no, I won't put that against it. But... um, hey uh, well, nope that's not gonna be it um hey middle of the road in my opinion 2.5 2.5 all right yeah yeah I mean it was um it was kind of catchy but I think generic-y and then I started to think like, why does this just kind of sound like a lot of stuff that I was, ah, reggae, okay.
1: <laughs> as soon as you heard that, it dropped a point at least. <laughs>
2: well, I mean, it, it just it kind of had this kind of generic quality to it. Not bad, but just kind of like, alright, this just sounds like a lot of other stuff. So, not not really outstanding, uh, in my opinion.
0: Alright. Alright.
1: I give this one a 4.5. I really like this one. I always did. I think it's just like something about doing it tonight. The way it's just so cavalier and saying it. The only part of this, the only reason it's not a five is because that, that little middle section about poor, poor old Lenny drool hanging off his chin and everything. I'm like, I don't know why they're (laughs) throwing this in there. Like musically and lyrically, it just kind of, it seems like it's a, uh, I think it's a good, like kind of horny song about, you know, Trying oh I'm um, you know gonna try to stalk my prey sort of you know if, you, <laughs> if you're into that kind of genre but the um, yeah that weird part in the middle it, it's not I don't hate it but it's just it seems to kind of break up the song a little bit for me but yeah I I always love this track I think it's great um and about this one I just don't think I have anything about this one either um, just a lot about the last track on the album and uh, that is of course. The instrumental uh, penned exclusively by Morse, and that is Contact Lost. And of course, uh, that song was written about the Columbia space shuttle tragedy that happened um, short while they were while we were recording this album, or right before. But um, in the tour program, they did a little write-up on it. It says, uh, "Indian American astronaut Kaplana Chawla." Uh, chose Deep Purple, Machine Head, and Perpendicular amongst her other CDs. where They don't mention the Rainbow ones, I guess, because it's a Deep Purple um, <laughs> publication. Uh, as part of her music selection to take on the ill-fated Columbia shuttle mission ST-107, she had been the she had been to her first ever rock concert, Deep Purple, on the 7th of June 2001 in LA, and commented that the concert was a spiritual experience. She decided to make Space Truck in her wake-up call. Her husband, Jean-Pierre Harrison, contacted Ian Gillen and a correspondence ensued with Deep Purple fans worldwide being privy to the shuttle mission. The CDs were signed by the band with the intention that they would be returned, presented with a certificate saying they had indeed been into space on a shuttle mission. Uh, The launch went without a hitch. And uh, the mission, some 79 scientific experiments went very well, ranging from meteorological monitoring dust storms and upward lightning to the biological. Tragically, the shuttle's reentry proved disastrous, with the shuttle breaking up minutes from reaching the ground as friends and family looked on. So, a sad story, unfortunately. Um, but one of the astronauts, obviously for the whole mission, but one of the astronauts that was a big Deep Purple fan. So, uh, and so it sounds like she had just kind of gotten into the band um, and was getting really... You know, was kind of going through that thing that we all went through at some point, which is discovering the band and then diving a little bit into it. The other album I know for sure that they said they found in the wreckage was um, uh, Rainbow's Down to Earth. Mm. Um, so, so she she was getting into Rainbow and Deep Purple and all that sort of stuff, and uh, obviously terrible, terrible loss. Um, but John, how do you rank Contact Lost?
2: Mm, now I feel kind of bad after that whole story.
1: <laughs> you're going to, you're no, going to trash gonna, contact lost. No, I'm not going
2: to, not going to trash it. I'll, I'll give it a 2.5. I wish I could give it higher, but, um, definitely, um, I mean, despite a very touching story, um, I would say it's, um, kind of, a kind of an average instrumental kind of a way to, uh, a different way to end the album. I know this album is uh, not typical Deep Purple, at least what we've known up until the time. So, um, not surprised that they took a chance there. But you know me, I don't. I don't love it when albums end like this. If you're going to end it on a emotional instrumental, it's got to be. It's got to w- really wow you.
1: Yeah. Well, this does not have the wow factor. I give this one a four. I like. I think it's a really nice. You know, for what it is and for the touching part of it. The only fault I will... And that's just looking at it alone in a vacuum. Um, Oops, sorry. Stepped on my cough switch there. Um, I just don't... It doesn't make any sense to me as the album closer, especially after, like, a song that borders on the silly, like, doing it tonight. As much as I love Mm -hmm. that song, like, to go from that into a touching instrumental about, about losses. is just kind of a weird yeah, way. Like if way it closed the it. side of the album or if it closed this album after any other song, really, I think it would be it. So it seems almost like kind of a footnote or an afterthought that they kind of tacked this one on. Um, mm. But anyway, yeah, um, there we go. So it looks like we have a lot more of a variance this week than we did last week. Yeah. But um, while yeah, John uh, fumbles with the spreadsheets, I am going to do something else, which is to thank our core-level patrons, uh, all those folks that—well, some of those folks that make the show possible. We thank them very much for their support of the show. And coming in at the $7.71—sorry, $7.77, Jerry, cut them short. Uh, We have the wonderful Michael Vader— at the $6.99 new nice price tier, we have Spike the Rock Cat and Sugar Tea. At the episode $6.66 tier, we have Steve Coldwell and Arthur Smith. Getting support from the patron Arthur Smith. Anton Glaving and Charles Meadows. At the $6.65 almost evil tier, we have Kenny Weimar, Michael Bagford, and Richie Sucksmith. At the $5.99, the nice price tier, Robert Smith and Carl Helberg. At the 60 kroner Scandinavian Knights tier, we have Newt Morton Johansson. At the $5.55 What's Going On Here tier, we have Richard Fusey. And at the $5 Money Lender tier, John Convery, German Heindel, Adrian Hernandez, Jesper Elman, Alexi The Perfect Stranger, Slepikoff, Kev Roberts, Percival Frequency, Scott Zerns, Cynthia, Doobie, Raf Calf, and Coyote Bongwater. <laughs> All right, and with that, We go on to our next segment, which you know, of course, is where John busts out the spreadsheet.
2: I can't find the old one. <laughs> I'm, you used the other one.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm, like, kind of mixing it up now. You never know what you're going to get when you bust out the spreadsheet. All right, John, where does Bananas rank in the overall album rundown? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm fumbling this whole time, uh, and there's sh- it's oh, not showing anything oh, on the I see. spreadsheet. No wonder. You looked very confused this whole time. Okay. Try it now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, there we go. Now it's... (laughs) I was like, man, he looks really concerned. I thought maybe you got like a a text with some bad news or something. Bad news, your stocks are doing really badly.
2: Yeah, the bad news is I can't find bananas on the spreadsheet. He's
1: going bananas trying to find it.
2: Mm, Okay. Mm -hmm. So, yes, yes. Um, Yeah, bananas... um, yeah I would say considering its reputation did not rank as as lowly as I thought it would it was i would say it's in like the you know the maybe the bottom light like third of the spreadsheet um a uh the top of the bottom seven third. Hmm? yeah, like the top
1: of the bottom third rank. yeah
2: um yeah, seven rating with a um point um, fifty eight variance um in your favor, obviously
1: because i yeah, I think that's you know, one of our biggest variances to
2: date yeah in a while yeah yeah um we could we could look at that in a little bit um but um there are three this is one of three albums that has this rating here mm. seven seven point so we have bananas child in time by the ian Gillen band, and deep purple self-titled album mm. are all sevens um and it's a the next one after that difficult to cure by rainbow. Mm. so that comes right after it in the in the um in the spreadsheet world
1: hmm interesting. what about as far as variances? Let's see. All right, well
2: um yeah, actually it's <laughs> is it Oh yeah oh, no wait
1: <laughs> I, I see where it is.
2: Yeah, it's one of our biggest variances. Second
1: only to, what do we think we are? Uh, our biggest variance is. Well, actually,
2: wasn't our biggest variance "Whoosh Revisited"? Oh well, that does that count?
1: No, because we don't have any rankings for that one.
2: Oh, I'm looking. Sorry, I'm looking at the wrong thing. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Who do we think we are? Bananas and the Wizards Convention. Top three. Yeah.
1: And yeah, I'm not you surprised, ranked, although uh, I had like
2: a lot stronger it, opinions about who do we think we
1: are, but. And then uh, Stormbringer right after that, too. It, all A lot of them have the same exact variants.
2: Yeah, which I'm very. It seems like like Stormbringer, I'm still kind of surprised
1: about. I don't remember that offhand, but. I think I ranked it very highly. Um, but it's interesting, like, all the variances are, like, me uh, ranking it way higher than you. <laughs> there's there's no instances of you ranking it higher than me. Mm. Yet, at least of the big variances, I should say. There are variances that are less... Uh, uh, extreme, where you ranked it higher than me, but the big ones seem to be like I'm favoring them for some reason. So anyway, so and uh, as I just read the patrons, uh, Kev Roberts is, seems to be uh, in town right now. He he sent me a picture from of himself from Chicago. I was like, holy cow, he's in Chicago. Oh. I guess he's he's here for some uh, uh, here on a nice little trip. So I hope he's enjoying his time um anyway um as we look on let's see where are we at? in the show notes here um as far as the album's reception uh michael Brackford said uh it, it is classic because it is so brave the record was not a matter of recreating machine head or something in fact machine head was great because it was a bold departure at the time it sure did not sound like hush deep purple is great when they push themselves and that is what they did. Even people who do not like bananas at first have said that they like it more and more once it sinks in. Um, And then he said, as you know, Martin Birch produced the classic albums and this new CD really marks the beginning of a new era uh, could have you in the, in his role. And the guy, uh, Oh, I'm sorry. This is Michael Erickson saying that, that, you know, with you in that role, it could start a new era. Um, hmm. And he said, I would like to be known favorably as the guy that produces produced Deep Purple. I would work with them anytime. Um, and he said, I'm very satisfied with Bananas. Great song, great playing, great singing. It had its own sound. So some will love it and some will not. But at least it will not be ignored. I would not trade this experience for the world. Um, in the charts, it made it to number 10 in Argentina, number 12 in Austria, number 6 in Finland, and number 3 in Germany, Japan only made it to 212, which seems low. It did not chart at all in the U.S. It yes. uh, hmm. did well in, in most of the Scandinavian companies. And then in Russia, it reached gold. But in gold, Russia's 10,000 albums sold. So hmm. that's, I don't know um, if they just have lower album sales normally or what. But um, And then we get into some reviews. You ready to hear some reviews on uh, Bananas?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Why not? You got someplace else to be? Um, yeah. So this is from allmusic.com by David Jeffries. He says, Banana, I'm sorry, Banana says, Every sign of being a disappointment. John Lord's grandiose keyboards were always a focus, but he's gone. It's released in the heady age of Radiohead, and it's got one of the oddest titles and oddest cover art that has ever graced a Deep Purple album. Surprise, it's fantastic. New keyboardist Don Airy is an effective replacement, adding new sounds and styles and working the Hammond so well that an uncredited Lord appears appearance was rumored among fans. Lord has said he's not playing on the album, but he did contribute to some writing on the excellent Picture of Innocence and I Got Your Number. Those two tracks, followed by the winding and pastoral, never a word, add up to a strikingly impressive suite that bridges the more bombastic first half of the album, with the looser and more playful second half. And that is true. So, you know, you, you seem to enjoy the first half more. Do you like that yes. it was bombastic? Yes, I like Bombastic. <laughs> do you call Do they call you Mr. Bombastic? Yes. They very do. Very fantastic. Who's they? <laughs> they. <laughs> you know they It's the same people uh, at work, you know. Did they do that? Uh, Did they do this?
2: Yeah, that's that's my typical go-to at work. They're like, "Well, they they made us. as a, Who's they? I say. I was like, who's they? I was like, who's they? I'm, a, I'm just a, like, you know, them. You know, they. They're always up there telling us what to do. Was like, they?
1: They who? They're always up there. Is it who,
2: God? Who's up? Who's up? Where? And I always say, like, you know, like where? I'm always looking up. I'm like, who?
1: <laughs> You're looking up. Are they hanging from the rafters? Are Are they in the room with us right now? <laughs> You know, they
2: always do this, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, and my question is
1: always, who's they? Who are we talking about? Who are we talking about? Who are you about? mad at? <laughs> Who hurt you? So it's interesting. I, sure. found, I found a lot of these reviews, and a lot of them are, like, on websites that, like, just don't exist anymore, because, you know, this came out 20 years ago. Um, so I had to go to, like, archive.org and find, like, old cached versions of... From the Wayback Machine to, to, to read some of these reviews. So, this one is from a site called Chart, or was called ChartAttack.com. Uh, Deep Purple Bananas for Men in Bandanas <laughs> uh, by, by Chart Attack staff. And I think you will okay. recognize who wrote this when I, well, you'll recognize the name because you know who it is. Um, Hammond handed hard rock legends Deep Purple returning with the Rock and Rollsy Bananas, the third record off the Steve Morse era. And the first with new keyboardist and old friend Don Airy Out everywhere by late September, all issues of the album will contain the same tracks. No bonuses apply. It's broad, fresh, quick, uh, but that's kind of fresh. What? It's broad, fresh, quick, but that's kind of fresh. I don't know what that means. Um, I think it's round. It's got a little more of a round personality, says bassist Roger Glover, when asked to come up with a few adjectives to articulate the new deep purple sound. Uh, He goes on to say, uh, Glover keenly understands the pitfalls of taking too long to make a record. Too much tweaking can make things too perfect. Um, Then he goes on to conclude... Uh, because we had the um. I don't agree with you, but okay, let's see how it works out and I think for that reason there are a couple things that I would change we finished a little too quickly for my liking I wanted to do another couple days of jamming and have maybe another couple songs in the pipeline then all of a sudden we'd finish three weeks and four days, boom, ticket home Uh, no buts, that's it um. Then he says, cdpurple.com for preliminary plans in the inevitable world tour, one of which Roger figures will hit Canada in the dead of winter or during the first inklings of spring. And it's written by Martin Popoff. So it's mostly quotes from uh, Roger Glover, but... Uh, Mm -hmm. put a link to that in the show notes. Um, And then John Lord (laughs) was asked, and this is from his, I think his old website, PicturedWithin.com. I don't know if it was his or if it was a fan website. Um, But John Lord's Opinions uh, Metal Express Radio asked if he'd listened to it. And he said, yes, I have. And they said, what do you think? And he said, it's not what I expected, to be perfectly honest, because it's not what we were writing when I left. I think it's very good, but... I'm not, you see, it's not my job to criticize that, but I will give you an opinion if you remember that it's only an opinion. I don't think the sound is very good, to be perfectly honest. I thought Roger would have done a better job producing it, but there you go. That's just me. And Michael Bradford is a ra- rather large black chap, and he's going to sit on my head now. I know that, and it and hurt me. And then he laughed. So I don't know what was that about. <laughs> and then he says... Mm-hmm. he says, I think the opening track's fabulous, obviously, I like the two that I was involved in writing, because I was involved in writing them, Uh, generally speaking, I don't think it's the best Purple album ever, but I think it's better than Abandon, which to me had no sense of direction, I don't think it's as good as Perpendicular, which I thought was probably the best Purple album, along with In-Rock Machine Head and Perfect Strangers um He says, I've got a feeling in my bones. These old bones of mine are telling me that this is going to be a very successful album. The time feels right for them. And it's very strange to say them and not us. Um, Wayne Perry in the Associated Press writes, Banshee Bananas! The Metal Kings are back with their best album since 1984's Perfect Strangers, <laughs> one of one that blends Deep Purple's power chords and banshee vocals with the mem- memorable melodic hooks that earned the band a place in rock history. Bananas is the third studio album with former Kansas guitarist Steve Morris who joined the band when Richie Blackmore decided to flush his career and dabble in <laughs> medieval folk ballads in the worst <laughs> career decision since David Caruso left NYPD blue. <laughs> yep. Nice NYPD Blue reference in there to date it. I think that was even dated in 2003. Mm. Um, The first single, House of Pain, is a crunchy, catchy nugget, and Morse evokes Blackmore's fluid solos on Sun Goes Down. Perhaps the best track is Pictures of Innocence, which rails against the right wing's attempt to impose its vision of morality on society. Okay, I guess I was missing that one in in the lyrics. Mm -hmm. Despite (laughs) 30-plus years of screaming and howling, Ian Gillen is still in fine voice joining longtime Purple's drummer Ian Pace so he spelled Gillen and Pace both wrong spelled Gillian and Gillian and Pace with P A C E and bassist mm-hmm. Roger Glover keyboardist John Lord is out replaced by hard rock veteran Don Airy who's worked with Rainbow uh, and Ozzy Osbourne is legendary in its own right so another very positive review
2: it's funny <clears throat> like it was most of it was funny but i like uh Metal Kings
1: yeah, <laughs> they always have to... <laughs> John's rolling his eyes. <laughs>
2: Metal kings. So stupid. Metal kings. The rest of it, though, is funny. Is just like Richie flushed his career on a decision as bad as... <laughs> Dennis Russo leaving
1: NYPD blue. <laughs> that was really good. I thought that was pretty funny. <sighs> that is pretty funny. Um, this one is entitled Masters. It's from the Business Standard. Uh, Moving on to the best album of the month. It's the latest offering from the granddaddies of hard rock. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's maybe a little bit more... Yeah. Accurate. The granddaddies. The granddaddies of hard rock. After a five-year hiatus following their last album, Abandon, Deep Purple are back with Bananas, an album title inspired by a newspaper photograph that bassist and oldest member Roger Glover happened to chance upon. I don't know why they call him the oldest member. He's not the (laughs) oldest member... In, in any sense, he's not the oldest but, by age. He hasn't been in the band the longest. But even if he was, it's just like would just say, "Old fart." Roger Glover <laughs> had
2: this to say about the like,
0: would they why- do
1: that? Would they do that with weight? Like the 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 the, the huskiest member of the band <laughs> said said band's tubbiest member. <laughs> like <laughs> it's just like you
2: know. Like, I mean, like what the what would why would somebody say that? It's just like. I'm trying to think like
1: well, i guess I guess it would be kind of it would be if it was correct in any sense, like if you if he was like if they were talking about Ian Pace, it could say, uh, but I think they would have been better to say only original member or something like that, well, yeah, yeah. you wouldn't like have a like uh what do you call it like a, a review of
2: blues travel and it's just like <laughs> lard ass John Popper <laughs> had this to say about <laughs> the band's new album. <laughs>
1: It would be great if they just thought he was the oldest and they're just like, we're just going to call him out for being the oldest because he's like, whatever, nine and a half months older than the next guy. I mean, there's plenty of guys in the band that are, they're all basically roughly the same age aside from uh, Morse.
2: Like you're doing, a, you're doing a piece and they're like, bald fuck James Taylor had this to say about his career. Like, <laughs> you may as well just say that. Oldest member Roger Glover. <laughs>
1: And it's, it's not even accurate, as you pointed out. The band's shortest and stubbiest member, Nathan Bodry, had this to say. <laughs> the the podcast's stubbiest member, yeah. Nathan had this, had this stu- to say about the podcast. <laughs> the podcast's shortest and stubbiest member <laughs> of two. <laughs> I guess it's true, technically. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he says the comp- the, com- the compositions are, uh, are replete with catchy melodies. Steve Moore Morse's trademark guitar solos, and Ian Pace's magic on the cymbals, and the majestic voice of Ian Gillen. This is as good as anything they've done in the past. Haunted is already being touted as an all-time great rock ballad, and Silver, Tongue, Razzle Dazzle, and Never a Word, a personal favorite, might soon figure on most requested tracks on stations and charts across the world. I think this guy's <laughs> overselling it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, um, this this is not hitting the mark. No, I mean, it's... I. I, I I appreciate the optimism, but he says, uh, while the musicians (laughs) continue to live up to their reputations and Ian Gillen's Jesus Christ Superstar voice continues to flower like nurtured wine, um, newest member Don Airy does a commendable job fitting into the shoes of a legendary organ player, John Lord. Lord left the band last year to pursue a career in classical music. Purple fans will be looking forward to that one, especially after his roaring work in the concerto series at the Royal Albert Hall. That's written by Sumik Sen. So, yeah. Um a little optimistic on how it was going to rock the charts worldwide, but okay. So now we have one uh now we have uh, going into the negative. Um uh, this one is from the Italian Daily La Repubblica. Uh, this one is written by Flavio Brigenti. Should I should I do it in an Italian accent? Yeah. Hey, the problem with the deep purple (laughs) is they keep evoking the Mach 2 ghosts early 70s, and the quest for that long time makes them look more pathetic than their talent deserves. Morse and Lord. Morse and Lord. I don't know. (laughs) All right,
2: back to your normal
1: voice. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: That was was enough.
1: Morse and Lord are tonic. The rhythm section is the good old days, while Gillen, poor soul, does what he can. But more compositive shine doesn't exist anymore. Haunted and intense and choral ballad is the only exception to the routine. I don't know. It looks like it wasn't translated very well. But Flavio no. was not enjoying that album. Oh, hey. Um, and then we got one more. Again, from another uh, defunct website, themusicindex.com. In some cases, the the sites are still around. They've probably been bought by somebody else and changed to something else, so the the full extended URL is not available, I should say. So This one says, Bananas is the first Deep Purple Studio album in five years. In that time, the band have performed the concerto for group and orchestra and played countless live gigs all over the world. The band has also seen founder and keyboardist John Lord leave the band to be replaced by Don Airy. So what is the album like? Well, I actually found Bananas to be a very instant album, which grabs you from the opening notes of House of Pain. The sound is still very much deep purple, which means that Don Airy has filled in almost seamlessly, and not only that, he has contributed to the songwriting, which also bodes well for the future. The old adage being that the band writes and plays together, stays together. Scrolling down... Uh, In summing up, Bananas should please longtime Deep Purple fans who are expecting certain things from the band. Rest assured, all the elements that go to make a Deep Purple album are in evidence here. There are, however, subtle shifts in feel and song style that show the band are capable of moving forward, which will please the fans who would like Deep Purple to be a little more adventurous. Bananas, however, will also frustrate the critics who will be dismayed to find that they're is life in the old dog yet? In deep purple looks set. Certainly, on the evidence presented on bananas, to be keen on sticking around for a few years yet. I, for one, am extremely pleased with that. Highly recommended. So there you go. Pretty, um, pretty good praise uh, or pretty good reviews for overall what in the uh with the uh hindsight tends to be an album that doesn't get recommended or remembered super fondly.
2: Mm, Yeah. Although I would say like even the, even these other reviews were like or the bad reviews or more negative ones weren't really that terrible. And we've heard some like in the past, you've read some like scathing ones like about some albums, but I feel like overall the reaction seemed like overall, like positive or even the negative ones seemed just kind of neutral
1: yeah, not like, oh, it sucks. Well, the one from the uh, the Italian one was one out of five stars, so it was a pretty bad I, although he didn't, yeah, he didn't mm. like eviscerate them, but it was very short too. Yeah. so yeah. So <sighs> well, all right. um, so you know what uh, the last thing we're we're gonna have to do here today is, and that is the final segment of the show.
0: Merchandising. Merchandising. Come, I'll show you. Open up this door.
1: All right. The wonderful Jeff Bryce sent along some amazing stuff from his collection as he always does. I uh, really appreciate it. Um, so he's got a few things here. He firstly has... Let's see if I can find this. Got an advertisement, magazine advertisement, which is which is touting the infectious melodies and masterful instrumentation, including the uplifting house of pain, sun goes down, and razzle-dazzle, plus the, plus the sensitive ballad haunt. I like that. Oh, so sensitive. <laughs> Ooh. Very sensitive. Mm. Um, there's a picture of the, the vinyl with a little bunch of bananas on there. They look kind of like they're going a little off there. They're, might, they're almost in banana bread stage there. Yeah. Uh, I got the cover of the album. So this is his gatefold vinyl. So you, these are going for like $350, 400 on eBay. So I don't think they made a ton of them. So he, he snatched this up, being the collector mm-hmm. that he is. There's the back of the album we've already seen. Pictures of the inside. Um, then you've got a... Uh, this is a review, another review... Uh, this one is from Classic Rock Magazine. It says, Fruitless Pursuit. <laughs> See what they did there? Um, <laughs> so he once again, uh, um, he, uh, this this review says, uh, things have changed, it seems, when uh, Concerto was re-released a couple years ago. The subsequent tour, according to guest Steve Morris, woke the wish in... John to do more of the style of music. The 21st century answer from his bandmates was along the lines of off you go then mate. And so he did, which I don't think really paints an accurate, accurate picture of no. (laughs) They make it seem like they kicked him out. Um, uh, And then this says, so, uh, so is with veteran bands. Never a word is quite lovely as is haunted. Contact lost is judging by its title and style. A sly dig at Richie Blackmore's present band. Well, they got that wrong. Um, and Walk On and Bananas recreate moods that Purple so effortlessly evoked in the past. Mostly the band seemed content to exist within their limits. Gillen his thrilling falsetto now removed from the mix compensates with some clever phrasing but all too often he sounds like Bruce Dickinson, a fate deserved by no man. <laughs> what? Come on,
0: motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) This is bananas, motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: The devoted will find something here to cling to. The rest of us might offer Deep Purple a consoling pat on the back and a heartfelt thanks for what went before two out of five stars. Um, So, yeah, I mean, really got it wrong about the contact loss thing. Like, why would they be bringing that up? It's been 10 years since he left the band at this point and they're going to be like, ah, we lost contact with you. Ha ha. And it's an instrumental. So why would that, I don't know. It's not really like very, uh, scathing to write an, like a very heartfelt instrumental and be like, ha ha, we lost contact with you. Ha ha. (laughs) Is that how they say (laughs) it? Ha ha. That's, that's my, that's my uh, Ian Gillen impression. Ha ha. I'm Ian Gillen. (laughs) Well, actually, if you zoom out to
2: look at this, uh, this picture here, I mean, uh, say, what's up with uh, Ian Paul Sorvino Gillen there? <laughs> looks like does. one of the good fellas. He does look like Paul Sorvino a little. He looks like a made man. <laughs> well, he is He is in his own right. Yeah, no, this he's just is like, true. He looks like he's ready. He's looking at the camera guy going, and now I got to turn my back on you.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. oh, man. So, yeah, so we got that one which is kind of interesting what was the other thing he said you know i i, I will say this though the other reviews tended to give gillen like a um, they were like oh gillen sounds like a, you know a fine wine agent like clearly he's lost something in his voice i'm not saying he sounds bad by any means but he's morphing into the gillen we know and love now he but to to say that his his voice was better than ever and sounded aged like a fine wine on this album is like i don't know what album you're listening to but um I mean, he's not doing the things that he once could do. Correct. And that's not a ne- negative thing, but I don't understand how some people were hearing that. This guy's a little more realistic where he says, you know, his thrilling falsetto is removed from the mix. Although it wasn't a, w- a falsetto. It was more of a whistle voice, I would say. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that that's kind of weird. Um, so anyway, that's that one. He's also sent... Ch- yeah, this is that article of Guitar Magazine. This features Steve Morse. Really interesting articles there. Uh, this is a single, uh Deep Purple single of Haunted, like it's a different mixed version. Um, so there's the there's the haunt, there's haunted, and then there's the haunted mellow mix. Mm. And then this is a dollar bill signed by Roger Glover. Um, and the story on this one is pull up Jeff's notes. He says, I got this in Milwaukee at Summerfest on October 23rd, 2004. I was kind of hammered. So I probably made a fool of myself, but Roger was very nice and cool. All I had was a dollar to sign on. So that's what he did. <laughs> hey, why not? And yeah. It's a dollar bill signed by, signed by Roger Glover. Um, this was a little bit of a, a, a clip from a magazine about, about contact lost and and the the shuttle disaster. Um, and then we've got the tour program, which, uh, there's actually quite a few pieces too. So I'll skip through the tour program and got to end it out with, uh, the most interesting piece of merchandise. Um, so first off we've got, uh, in the tour program, Jeff's, um, where is it? Jeff's ticket from the show that he went to, um, which was in Chicago on February 24th, 2004. And then here is the Deep Purple Vibrator. The (laughs) Deep Purple Bananas Vibrator, I should say. Um, So this came up and comes up every so often in Deep Purple groups, and it's actually like very sought after. (laughs) Uh, Sought after item. Uh, On the back it says, uh, you know, warning, sold as an adult novelty only. I don't know what they think you're going to do with it. It seems like the worst thing you can do with it, so I don't know what they think you're going to do. Warning! This is only for use in <laughs> sexual situations. Like, what else, what else are you going to do with it? Like, you froth milk? of <laughs> the <laughs> like deep purple milk frother that looks like a dildo? This <laughs> is do not use while bathing or in the shower. No medical claims are warranted or implied by the use of this product. For external use only. <laughs> Dildo for, uh, for external use only. <laughs> just the tip. <laughs> just the tip of the banana. So, yeah, you I've I've had my eyes on eBay for a while seeing if one of these would pop up because I it would be a great thing to have in the collection, but Um, but uh, Jeff says, um, what does he say about this one? Uh, oh man, I can't find it. He said something along the lines of, um, oh man, I don't have it here. Crap. He said something along the lines of that. it's, It's unused, but it's not for sale. So I would not want to purchase a used banana vibrator. Um but yeah, there you go. some great <laughs> merch from uh, from the archives of Jeff Bryce, the deep purple museum that he calls home and then uh yeah, before we close it out, we have to of course thank the next round of patrons and that starts with none other than at the three dollar and fifty cent deep purple New York tier, the wonderful Lord Longford. <laughs> At the Aromata, three pound aromatic feed tier, Simon Ford and Richard Brees. At the $3.33, halfway to evil tier, Stephen Sharp and Duncan Leask. And at the $3 Nobody's Perfect tier, we have Peter Gardeau, Ian DeRosier, Mark Roback. Then we have Ivan Fialdbu. Runar Siemenson. JJ Stenard and Ruinous Inadequacies. Then we also have the one and only John Maselli.
0: I mean, you know, sometimes in life, you just can't get what you want. I mean, sometimes you have to live with snow or, or a narrow curriculum or hairy Annie.
1: <laughs> Michael Boyette and Corey Morissette. At the $1.71 I want my own tier tier, we have... Rich, Young Wee, at the 10 kroner tier, Karsten Lau, and at the $1 made up name tier, the I Got Your Plumber, Leaky Mausoleum, Stephen Somerville, the Concerto 1999 fanatic, Hank the Tank, Private Eyes, Ashen Lionel. <coughs> Blackmore tights. Steve Down to Earth Kohler, Zwapper the Electric Alchemist, Anders Engstrom, and Ashley Still I Hear Burn Rose. Thank you so much to all of you for your support of the Deep Purple Podcast. All right, here we go. You looked, you looked like you were questioning that. You looked up like Deep Purple podcast. What's that? Are you, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> you looked very skeptical. Uh, I'm a skeptical guy. Yeah, you are. All right, so what do you think about that, man? We got another Deep Purple. These 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 Deep Purple episodes just keep coming, just quick. We're already through another album. Fast and Furious, baby. Yeah, Fast and Furious 10. Too deep, next. too purple. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Who knows what's gonna
1: happen next. Who knows? Do you? <laughs> no. Well, Nate knows. Do we <laughs> I don't know if you've I know we've either already recorded what's happening next or we talked about it or I don't know. I don't I have no idea where we're what we're doing. We're all out of order now. Oh boy. But we have banked a lot of episodes, so yeah, we're, we're ready to ready to ride it out, ride it out for the rest of the year and uh, take our we're, we're gearing up to take our December off so we can so we can tend to our busy holiday schedules and regroup in January. So, um,
2: mm,
1: yes, but we'll we'll get to that when we get to that. Exactly. And maybe maybe soon we'll get that hundredth review. Who knows? Will we get it that by the end of the nice. year is the real question. Yeah, I, I would like a different music to be playing. D- different than what? Oh, different than the,
2: the, the, the losing burp. horn.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't like that. It, it hurts every time, especially the last few reviews we've got have been so thoughtful and well-written. It seems like a bummer to be like, bum, 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 bum. <laughs>
0: <bah.">
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, no, you guys are great. Uh, but anyway, John, thank you so much. Oh, well, should we, thank you, what, my friend. What do you think? Should we do this again next week?
2: I I mean, I guess so. I'm sure there would be a couple of people that would be disappointed if we didn't. Yeah, more than,
1: more than I ever would have thought possible. Me too. All right. Well, until next week, my friend. Oh, I'll see you later. <laughs> All right, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Deep Purple Podcast. If you like what you hear and would like more episodes in the future, Please donate on Patreon to support the show. You can also leave us a review in Apple Podcasts to help new people discover the show. You can follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for show updates. See deeppurplepodcast.com for more details. Thank you for listening.
3: Mr. Bombastic, we are just a bombastic, romantic, fantastical lover. it. Mr. Lover, lover, lover. Now Mr. Lover, lover.
2: so what, Do I have to like? Do I have to go like put this banana bread in the fucking microwave?
3: She called me Mr. Bombastic, so fantastic. Touch me on my back, she says Mr. Roll, roll.
2: Well, no. I mean, I just got back, and you just said like, bring that banana bread. So what am I doing with it? Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to do that now.
3: What the banana bread? Well, well, can't tell? I'm just like a turtle crawler. All right,
2: hang on, give me a minute. I just I, like, ran in here.
3: I don't
2: have time to do anything, so. I'm the a
3: young girl who can ring my bell and I can take rejects. And so you tell me, go to well, I'm bombastic. Tell me, fantastic. I'm a buffet. I'm Mr. Rose.